0: Having children doesn't mean that you are going into a very dull life where you have to cut off from all the things you love doing and who you like seeing, like your relatives, your friends, and so on. You see, because life goes on. This is just a phase in life which will pass away sooner or later. So we should enjoy every bit of it. I
1: see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the wall is falling, but I keep my head up. See the world before
0: me. I know what change is coming. I hear the
1: world is calling. So I keep my head up now we break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We're breaking through everything. Welcome to the Barrier Breaker's Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today, we have a mother and daughter here, and they're going to tell us about their experiences. Our guests, we have Sarah Bass, and Lucy Sappo is the mom of Sarah Bass. And we went to school together, Sarah, but not in the same class. I think I was a hero or two
2: ahead of you. Yeah.
1: So please introduce yourselves. I'm
2: Sarah Bass, mother of three. I have
0: A five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. I'm Lucy Safo. I'm Sarah's mom, a mother of three. They're all grown-ups now. I have Sarah. I have Sarah's sister, who is 25, and then Sarah's brother, who is 21. And I'm all the way in Gambia.
1: Yes. So this is like one of my international conversations, one in yes. Zambia, one in Texas, and I'm in New York. So here we are going to have a nice conversation on motherhood. Let me start with Sarah. How is it like being a mom? <laughs> I laugh because
2: I said earlier that I hope by the time I'm done, no one would say, OK, this motherhood gig is too much. I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> motherhood has been amazing. It's tiring, very tiring at this stage that I'm in especially because I'm all over here. My husband and I don't have our immediate families here with us to relieve us sometime and help with child care. So it's just me and him every day. So that can be exhausting. But we have these amazing kids. We get to see them grow, watch them grow, teach them, and just see how God is just making them grow and flourish. It's amazing.
1: When you're abroad, it's kind of difficult because... Back home, we have everybody around. It's not even just your mom and your dad, but you have your siblings, you have aunties and uncles and cousins that are there that you can just go leave the kids somewhere. But here it's kind of different. Everybody's busy. Everybody's on their own life.
2: And over here, you have to be more like a helicopter parent, just hovering over the kids constantly and have to know where they are and what they're doing all the time. Back home, you can have your kids and even forget where they are. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: true. Lucy, how about you? How was mothering for you back in the
0: day? I would say it was not all that easy. In Africa, you don't complain because, here yeah, we are used to large family sizes. Right. The ones who should complain are the ones who have the six, the seven. So when you have three, you need not complain and make noise because they would think, oh, you have only three. What are you making noise about? <laughs> But then as a working mother, it's not all that easy because you have to work every day. But we have extended family. They help out here and there, which makes it a very good system compared to Europe where it's not easy to get someone to help. Being a head teacher, I'm a teacher also at home. So I try to make the home look like classroom some of the time, which I'm sure my kids did not like. I try to make them also study and do well with their studies. And also have time to play. We didn't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they don't like that. My <laughs> favorite thing was do you remember Mrs. Bouquet? Mrs. Bouquet, yeah.
2: Come on at 9:30, and she will tell me your bedtime is 9:30. <laughs> so I have to be in bed. And then she'll say, You see, you don't big done, you don't go to school done, you don't graduate, you don't study done. It did on TV, they make nonsense for make them possible. <laughs> you have a
1: long way to go, so go and sleep. <laughs> He did not lie there. That's why you wake up early. My dad was a teacher as well. So we equally had the same thing. My dad is like, you can't watch TV Monday to Friday. You can only watch weekends. Yada, yada. And that was my dad. But then we had like satellite, fishbone. And the funny thing, he was never at home. He always comes home in the evening when he leaves from the morning. So when we come back from school, we are watching TV. And what we do is before my dad comes into the house, as soon as we hear him coming, because we knew the sound of his cat, we take a towel, dip it in cold water, and just go put it on the TV <laughs> to make him cold so that when he touches it, we have not touched that TV. That TV will be so cold. <laughs> <laughs> he never really caught us.
2: I thought about it as you were talking about it, that how would they make the TV not to be warm? But you guys me ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Way ahead. Because it's like, how can you tell us not to watch TV? And then you are not at home, but you're providing us a satellite dish. We have the fish bone. And then there's so many other antennas that we had. Mm-hmm. We have to watch something. We can't wait till weekend. All these good shows are just passing us by. Those good shows come on weekends. <laughs> but on weekends, the parents intentionally make sure we work our butts off the whole day. <laughs> oh yes,
2: you
0: have to cook. Right. So you have to go to market. You'll be there all day. And do you, what about the household chores? Exactly. You have some household chores to do as well as your homework.
1: Homework too. So I don't know what you mean by let's watch TV weekends because we didn't even have a weekend. <laughs> no TV.
2: And then the weekend, you'll be hoping that there's electricity to watch the TV. Right.
1: <laughs> That's so true. There's going to be light off. So can we just watch our show today? And, Lucy, to how is it also like raising Sarah, the sister and the brother? How is it like?
0: Well, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not easy. As with other parents too, and as with other things in life, you have the easy part. You have the rough part. And we try to make sure we bring them up, as we are told in the Bible, train up a child in the way they should go, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. We make sure they go to church. We make sure they go to school and do all that is required, their homework and everything. And of course, sometimes the children will not like what you want to do. You want them to keep to a schedule. Every Sunday, you must wake up early, go to church. On Saturdays, you have to do washing. have to do cleaning and all. Sometimes they don't like it, but you have to force them. Sometimes we are hard. Sometimes we are gentle. Give them a little push here and there, little rewards. Sometimes we get the cane.
1: Yes, the cane.
2: (laughs) She was more global. I can only remember one time that she ever brought the cane and it didn't even touch me. So she used her mouth a lot and it was effective.
1: Yeah, I think that some kids are good with the cane and some kids verbally, but the kids these days are different. The kids these days, no matter how you beat them, there's nothing that's going to change them. I feel for me with kids these days, just take something that they really love from them and then keep it for a while and then they'll just straighten up. But if you beat them, that's just going to be different. I mean, total different thing. So Sarah, what are you doing differently now to what your mom did then? Well... My
2: mom is very sweet, but she didn't do a lot of hugging. We talk about it when she came here. she would be like, I see, take a halibini before balanyo min loho. And I'll be like, no, kids, you have to touch them so that they will feel the physical love. But when she was raising me, she said that her grandmother told her that you have to let the kids sit on their own. So what I did different with mine was I did a lot of holding. I held them a lot and it was exhausting. So after the first one, you know, it was okay. Second one. But by the time I had the third one, I was like, my mom was right. You cannot keep doing (laughs) this. This thing is exhausting. (laughs) You know, as African parents, there's also not that much physical affection. My mom is very nice, but she didn't do a lot of hugging. So I look at my daughter. One of them loves to hug. That's her favorite thing to do. She just loves to hug and loves to cuddle. Well, I'm not someone who likes to hug and cuddle. I just like to be left alone. But because that's what she likes, I give her what she likes and show her that affection. That's
1: one thing that I'm doing different. You talk about your mom, you know, the hugging part, but I feel like that's just African parents. Back in that day, like, what's affection? <laughs> like, even to say, I love you is like a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I call my dad and we'll finish talking. I'll be like, I love you. And then he goes, hey, hey, hey. that's what he just <laughs> does. <laughs> like, nothing. It's because it's not part of them. It's not what they do. Like, just going and just hugging them. It's just weird for them.
2: And it's not that they don't love, they love, but they just show. it. Exactly. The
1: yeah. They're just so differently. Even my mom is the same. I mean, she kind of like changed with time. She tried to evolve as well as much as she tries. To do a little bit. And you know, when you call and say, I love you, Shijia, I love you too, and all of that. But my dad is just on a different, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's just like, nah. And Lucy, what have you seen Sarah doing? Or
0: what did you think
1: you wish you had done with your kids?
0: When we want to discuss, sometimes we send them away hmm. the African way. So children should not sit when adults are talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sometimes I remember spelling because I don't want them to know what we are talking about. <laughs> that motivated me to learn how to spell and how to speak Mandinka. Because as soon as she speaks
2: Mandinka, you know she's one saying something I should not know. So that made them to learn how to spell <laughs> and learn Mandinka. I don't speak Mandinka, but I understand. Oh
1: wow! <laughs> I mean, you say that, and it's so funny because it brings back memories. Like I hear my parents saying, or my mom saying you can be part of this conversation. You don't need to hear this. You don't need to know all of these things. But I feel like certain things you should let the kids know at some point in their life, not when they are way older, then you start telling them stuff, but the more they know, the better understanding because as kids grow, I feel like they get to understand. I don't know, Sarah, maybe you can talk more on that. Well, my oldest is five-year-old, very inquisitive.
2: We don't give much from them. If she asks me anything, she's not asked any challenging questions yet. But my husband and I have talked about it, that if they ever ask anything, we will tell them what the truth is and not make it too childlike or just we'll give them the facts as it is, whatever they want to know. So with her, though, she would act like she doesn't know what's going on. Sometimes (laughs) we'll be having conversations.
1: You might even get in trouble for that, for even
2: asking. One time we went to the store, got a shirt for my brother. Mm-hmm. And we were talking in Wolof. We don't speak Wolof to her. We speak English. Mm-hmm. A day later, she was like, oh, this is Uncle Kwame's shirt. And then I just looked at my husband. Hey, eh, Who told this child this is Uncle Kwame's shirt? We were not even talking about it. And then there was another time we were talking about something else. We were talking about houses and I think square footage of houses. And then this child just started talking about the same thing like <laughs> days after. He I'm understands. Like, okay,
1: She's listening to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow, kids grow so fast. And anyway, it depends. Some kids are really fast in picking up languages, especially when you're picking it all the time in the house. And I guess that's what she's doing. That is so funny. They know stuff so much.
0: Very smart.
1: Yeah. I was laughing earlier because when you said when the kids ask you questions, you would tell them what it is. And we watched this movie when we are younger, my sisters and I, Beethoven, and the little girl, she asked the dad, Daddy, where does baby come from? <laughs> And the dad was trying to explain in the movie, He was like, they are like little tadpoles in a very big uh, pool. Why didn't you just tell the girl or something? And When you said that, I was like, I hope when they do come and ask you, where do babies come from? You will tell them.
2: I'll have to prepare my answer now because it will come one of these days.
1: (laughs) It will definitely will. But I like the fact that you said you will tell them the truth. Because sometimes some of what our parents had done earlier was not tell us what the truth is. When you come to ask questions, it's just like, why are you even asking that question? Don't even ask that question again. I said no. I didn't get that
2: response, but I remember one time I asked my mom, I told her I wanted a brother or a sister. Oh, she found it so entertaining. She laughed and laughed and laughed and she said, well, I will buy you one from Sunukit. And I never forgot this one because she went to her friend and she told them and then they were all laughing. And then I said, why are these people laughing? about buying a child from Sunyuken. What's so funny about it? <laughs> Years later, I found out why they were laughing.
1: You wanted to get a baby <laughs> and they were like, okay, we'll get one from Sunyuken for you. That's where they come from. <laughs> but that's so true. Like,
0: What a baby brother, because her friends have brothers or sisters. She didn't have any. She was then the only child. Oh. So she asked for me to get one for her. That is thing. So my friends all have little brother or sister. I don't have any. So please buy one for me. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll buy one for you from the shop. Eh, she was little.
1: So until you see, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were much younger with regards to mothering or motherhood?
0: I didn't know that there was a lot of work hmm. and it takes a lot of time management, managing time. Initially, I was trying to cope with the time management, yeah. coping with time for work, time for school, time for church and time for other things. So I had to cut down a lot of my other activities, cut down social activities and all just because of bringing up children. But it's all down to managing the time well so that you have time for all these different things that you want to do. Having children doesn't mean that you are going into a very dull life where you have to cut off from all the things you love doing and who you like seeing, like your relatives, your friends, and so on, you see, because life goes on. It's just a phase in life, which will pass away sooner or later. So we should enjoy every bit of it.
1: That's so amazing. Sarah, what lessons did you learn from your mom that you're applying right now with your kids?
2: To be gentle and patient. My mom was very patient with us. I love that part of her. And she gave us space to grow and make our own mistakes. So I'm not best at it, but I try. Okay,
1: another question for you, Sarah. So what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger with regards to mothering?
2: I don't know. For me, it has been learn as you go. And growing up, I never really, you know how people imagine what their lives would be. And I imagined a lot of things, but I never imagined me with three kids. It's been a learning experience. What I try to do, like my mom said, she juggled a lot of activities. I try to spend quality time with my kids. I try to be there. Well, basically, I don't even have an option because what else would I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> but I try to spend quality time with them. And what I've decided to do now is try to spend quality time with each one of them.
1: We're doing just something mother and me. That's good. And so see, what have you learned with regards to mothering
0: right now? I'm happy being a mother and being a grandmother. And I even wish I had more children.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, David.
0: <laughs> As grandma, I have a lot of kids around me. Some not my own children, but just relative children who are all around. So I've learned a lot of experience over the years. So now I'm in a position to help others and advice. She loves that. She has made herself the, I don't know what the term would be, but
2: the
1: one who goes around and <laughs> gives newborns showers. Oh, okay. I don't know the name they call them in Gambia, but yeah.
2: Anyone who has a baby, she just goes there. I'm like, who asked you to go give these people's baby a shower? So, well, they really needed someone to give their baby a bath. She loves doing that. Oh, that's nice. Difficulty
1: turn to something you love in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because you don't have little ones around you now. Yes, you enjoy it now. Anyone can answer this.
0: Would you say parenting is difficult or mothering is difficult? It's both. It depends on the person's personality. If the person is very patient, you'll be able to organize things because it can be very stressful. You're able to manage your time, manage yourself. So you don't go into stress and you just take each day at a time, knowing that it's just a phase in life. You have reached that phase in life and then one day it will just be over. So you just manage each day at a time without stress. And then you enjoy it. And the children just also grow up and they enjoy it. So you don't go into the stage where you feel, I regret having children, Mm. that kind of thing. You don't go into depression, you don't go into stress and all that. There are people who go through so much stress and they get to the point where they say, oh, I wish I never had a child or I wish I didn't have this number of children. I wish I had just one. It's all to do with the person's personality and the way you take things in life. So I would advise mothers who are going through hard time, either because they have their babies back to back or whether they have too many children or whether they are struggling with studies and family life, let them just... Take a day at a time and know that it's just a phase in life. It will pass. The children are growing every day. And the children, the little sacrifice that they are doing every day, the children see it and they will be grateful and they are learning as well. And one day they will tell their mom, mom, I love you because you did this, this, this for me. Mom, I appreciate what you have done for me and so on and so forth. And of course, the father too is there. they supporting, in most cases, the father is around to also give his little support here and there. I'm thankful to God as well for all the help. Yeah. thankful to God for all the help and love and provision and care and guidance. Because God gives wisdom. So as mothers, we should be prayerful. Because we can do all things, the word of God says. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God helps us. It's important. So pray. Take the children to pray. They should grow up in the knowledge and fear of God. It's important. So you keep praying for them also every day. Pray for your children as well as praying for them. You also on your own, pray for them. Your mom is talking like my mom. because so That's the same thing she'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true though. One day at a time, with Jesus.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't get her singing. We won't end this podcast then. <laughs> Before you know it, it will end up in prayers. We will be going on and on. <laughs> She loves to pray. That's one thing I learned from her. She will stay up at night with her Bibles, be praying, praying. I mean, she'll be dozing off and falling asleep, but this woman will still be waking up and praying. I'm not praying when you're awake, but she will stay up late because she's been busy all day Mm -hmm. and she just has to absolutely pray. Or you'll be sleeping at night and then she'll be roaming around the house because (laughs) she said that's how she was raised. She has to wake up in the middle of the night to go and take everything and everywhere and make sure all the doors are closed. After she had closed them before going to bed. So (laughs) she'll wake up and be going around. You gotta double check. Yes, several times in the night and be praying and going round and round. Yep.
1: That's like my mom, literally. That's what she'll be doing to us. Praying for us over the, in the night. And I feel like that's one of the things that has made us come this far. There are prayers all the time over us, covering us. I don't know whether I'll be doing that, the same way, but I'm definitely going to be praying for my kids. <laughs> I say that too, that it's certainly those
2: prayers. I look at my younger times and many things could have gone wrong. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this is my mom. She must have been praying.
1: Yes. You do the same thing, waking up in the middle of the night, going around, double checking the house. I just go and watch them to make sure they're
2: covered in a blanket. I take them to pee sometimes. But once I pray at night, that's it. I don't go around my prayer one time, I don't go around and be praying. <laughs> Maybe I'll get to that point someday. Yeah. But now I get so tired and want to I'm like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> For
1: real. Another question that came to my mind I keep saying this that grandmothers spoil kids. And I was telling my friend and their uncle, and I was like, if my mom comes here, she's just coming to visit me and the kids. She's not coming to work or like help me with the kids. I mean, she can help, but it's not going to be like a full time something because I don't want to stress her because she alone took care of us. So I should be able to do that. Why am I calling my mom to come and be like the one to come and take care of my kids when her time has already passed? So and I keep saying if the grandkids get used to my mom, which is their grandmother, they're going to get spoiled. And I don't want my kids getting spoiled. <laughs> so I don't know about you. Does
2: she spoil the kids? Yeah, there's certainly no attempt on her part to cause any form of discipline for them. Like you discipline us now. You don't want to discipline your grandkids. <laughs> I look at her, I'm like, who is this person? Who is this person in front of me? Her favorite pastime was to yell at me. But now they will disturb her. They will be pulling her hair tight. They will be going to try to make her hair. I mean, they will just be bothering her. <laughs> you know, like, she is someone who likes to be left alone.
0: Mm-hmm. They will be jumping on her bed. They will be just disturbing this woman's life. But she will not tell them anything. And they will come with their books for me to read. Right. Doing nursery rhymes together I'll be jumping. Oh, yes. And dancing the action songs. <laughs> I don't remember her singing with me nursery rhymes. <laughs>
1: Always busy. I feel like because they see that you have turned out to be a good person, a great human, they feel like, okay, I've done my job. Let me just spoil this one. <laughs> but you are now left to discipline the kids after she's gone. Because when she's gone, it's like, grandma is not here. Now it's me. And it's going to take some time to adjust to that point where, yeah, okay, now it's just me and mom now.
2: Yes. I mean, she loves to spoil these ones. They miss her though. Every night when we do our nighttime prayer, they will pray for her.
1: That is so sweet. How have your husband's, the fathers, been in the home as well with you guys? Anyone can start.
2: So with my husband, one thing that got my attention when I was getting to know him was he loves the kids. Mm. I was like, oh, someone likes kids. And I was like, I love kids. but I don't know how hands-on I can be. The way my life is now is so much different from what I imagined. Because now I'm really hands-on. I'm that helicopter. So he loves kids. He's always the one full of energy playing with them, taking them places, doing different things with them. He's really hands on. It's been a blessing because there was no way I could have done this alone. Because by the time I feed them and clothe them and bathe them and and teach them, I'm just exhausted. There's no time for any fun activities because I'm the serious parent. But then he does the fun things with them. So, there's someone to do fun things with them. That's
0: good. Well, my husband is the African man type. When he's around, he's a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, and being a head teacher, too, he's very interested in their schoolwork, make sure they do their assignments, they get to school on time, and all that. And he tells them stories. He's a storyteller. Always the strict dad. He's nice, he's entertaining, he's
2: fun. I know at some point, I was very busy with school and studies and all these extra classes. But my sister, who my sister and him, they have this bond. Mm. And mm-hmm. He's like his baby. Anytime she's sick, he will stop everything he's doing. He will look so confused. Nah, nah, come here, come here. Come and sit here. Am I smelling jealousy? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no. I actually make of both of them. They're a good match, the two of them. You know, Sela is the first bond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. But why are you guys so strict on the first ones? I don't know. These people. Hmm. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> my mom
2: used to tell me, children should behave like children. And that's because one day I went to Gen shop. I saved my $10 see, and I went to buy the lip balm in a cup. Mm-hmm. The fruit balm. Yeah. So she said, children should behave like children. What are you doing with this? And then she talked and talked and talked and talked. Hmm. My sister was putting on the lip balm by herself. Can you
1: imagine?
2: When she was younger than me, they didn't say anything. I said, yeah. You said times have changed.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's what they keep saying. Times have changed. I'm like, which times? Try to be strict on everyone.
2: <laughs> yes. It was not the
1: same.
0: And my brother, yes, and I, is seven years older. Oh, wow. Seven years older than her younger sister. But still, it's not fair. My brother, I think they just
2: gave up at that point. You know, my brother could go out and then they were like, oh, this Kwame, he has gone home. We have been calling him. We cannot reach him. I said, hey, if I had gone out and they could not reach me, I would just be finding a shop and to my grave somewhere. <laughs> oh,
1: so tell me, it's the same thing here. Like, even though I have sisters, we are all sisters. The last three girls, they have so much freedom They go out and come back at any time. I'm like, if I was the one, even as at 23, my mom was upset with me even going out at 23. And these ones are like 20 or so when they were at that age and anything. And it's like, it's not fair.
2: It's not. It wasn't at all. They used to have meetings for me because I wanted to go for all night. Oh, man, it's funny. So did you
1: ever think you're going to be the strict parent?
2: No, not really. I thought I would be the laid back one. but. I am more the one who I'm with them most of the time. So I do all the necessary things that have to be done, the things that are not fun. So sometimes I have to be strict. I have to be the teacher. They have to learn how to write their letters, know their alphabet. I don't know how to make all that very interesting and fun like my mom. She would make it think about it. I cannot think about that. But I must say they listen to their dad more and quicker than they listen to me. Because I can say something maybe two or three times before they will actually listen. But he says something once and everybody jumps in line and they go do whatever he says. I don't
1: know why they do that. It's so weird. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know. Do you have this thing where when they come home or when their dad comes home, they are running towards him. And when you are there, it's like the other one is running towards you. Have you ever experienced that?
2: No. When I go to work and come back, They're like, mommy, especially the little one. Oh, okay. Sometimes the older ones when they're watching TV, I have to tell them, Hey, so no one is saying hi to mommy today? And then they'll be like, Mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because of the nature of my work also, sometimes when they come with the excitement, mommy, I'm like, oh stay right there. Oh, okay. Go take a shower, then you can come back.
1: What advice have you got for young moms out there who find it hard raising their kids and all of that? What advice can you give them?
2: Be patient, pray a lot, because I remember there were some times that I had things going on with my child and I didn't know what was going on and I would be so worried and stressed. And I would say a prayer and I would just get the answers or the solution to what was going on. Mm. And there was no way I would have found that out. Just today, I thought about it. My son, he was, I think, about three weeks old and I was cleaning, changing his diaper And each time I bring that wipe, he would shout, he would cry. I was like, why does this child not want to be changed? I don't know. I could not understand it. So for some reason, I said, okay, let me put this thing on my skin. And I did. And I had an open area in my skin and it just Mm. burned. And I'm like, oh, that must be why. But before then, I had prayed to God. I said, God, help me understand why this child is crying. So there were many other instances that, Prayer has just helped me find out things going on because kids cannot tell you what's going on. And patience, praying for patience, praying for strength because sometimes you don't sleep and you're just tired. If there's a sick child, for me, I'm very helicopter and very OCD, so I have to stay up and make sure they're okay. Temperatures are down before I go to bed if they have a fever. It can be exhausting. Prayer, patience. And give yourself grace, not expecting to be perfect and forgive yourself if you don't get it right.
1: I like that part, forgive yourself and you don't get it right. Because there's no manual to mothering a child or parenting, there is no manual. So when you don't get it right, just forgive yourself. The question that I wanted to ask you also was, What advice you can give to both young mothers and even older mothers like you who have been struggling with their kids or some of them, their kids are not around them. What encouragement can you give to them, both older mothers and young moms like your daughter?
0: Just to add to what I already said, patience and prayers and all that. Everyone has 24 hours a day. So it's up to us to manage that 24 hours a day very well. We wake up early or they wake up early, get into the habit of waking up early which of course means maybe going to bed earlier. Wake up early and so you are able to do a lot because you have your family and you also have your job or maybe other things to do as well, all to fit in within these 24 hours a day. So you manage your time very well so that you are able to do all that you plan to do for the day. And also planning helps. You plan.
1: Yeah.
0: You say, I wake up at this time. From this time to this time, I'll do this. I'll do the laundry, for example. From this time to this time, I'm cooking. From this time to this time, I'm studying. From this time to this time, I'm praying. When you manage your time well, like that, it's a guide. You write it on paper and then you try to go by it. You may not go by it mm-hmm. because of maybe unexpected visitors or something wrong. Somebody is sick, or you have a phone call, you have to go there or do that. Or at least you have a guide for the day. It helps. You waste your time doing unnecessary things. And then you find that you get in control of things. And so you don't go into a lot of stress. That is what helps me. I plan my day on paper a day before. Tomorrow, I want to wake up this time. I set my alarm clock. This time to this time, I'm showering, I'm buffing. This time to this time, taking my breath. According to your day activity. So that helps a lot. So that's what I will advise young mothers to do. That helps them to be on top of things. You are able to do all your household chores. You are able to do whatever you are going to study or whatever. You are going to shopping and this and that. You have time for your family to do this and that. have time to go to church. Everything organized. I'm learning something. She does not believe in time to rest and sleeping. She doesn't believe in rest and sleep? She doesn't believe in rest and sleep. (laughs) For example, in our African setting, if you don't have any plan for the day or weekend, you just wake up. Somebody can just turn up and then you find yourself, you are talking, 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 talking. And then after you gunge, you know, African gunge, till you make gunge buki. And then you're doing this, you'll be doing that. And wasting your whole day. Or you go on the phone and you'll be calling, 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 different, different people, you chatting, chatting, Because you don't have plan. Yeah. For the day. And then if you don't have plan for the day, somebody else can come and make a plan for you or make you fit into their plan for the day. Because they call you, come and do this. Or come and go here. When we were in college, there was this head of school, teacher's college. We told us about three circles, the necessities, the nice to have. That's to do with budgeting and spending. All that comes in with the family, you know? Yeah. You need money to spend. He said, you make these three circles. It was to do with sugar. The students went on strike because they needed more sugar. They be saving the sugar to be making attire in the night. Mm. So they went on strike and he was so disappointed. He said, go on strike because of extra sugar. sugar. <laughs> not because you don't have correct lecturers, not because you are not happy with the lectures or whatever, but because of sugar. <laughs> These three circles, which we should take care of. He said, sugar is necessary, but additional sugar is a nice to have. So you can do away with nice to have.
2: One of her long lectures when I was growing up was giving me the important, the essential, and the nice to have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's why I still remember. I was going to ask one last question so we can end the podcast. Sarah, what's one thing you'd like to say to your mom? Maybe you've already told her before, but would like to hear you say it here.
2: I appreciate the sacrifices you made for us, she did a lot a lot of sacrifices for us and all the prayers that she did. And now have flexibility coming to help me over here when I need help. And even though we'll be fighting about how to raise, what to do with the baby sometime. She <laughs> has her own style. I have mine. Yeah. But she still comes to help me. I
0: appreciate all of that, really. Thank you. And Susie, what would you like to say to Sarah? I would say keep up the good work. Mm. Keep on to make us happy and proud. Be a good mother and a good wife to Michael. That's it. (laughs) Did you notice there was no, I love you? Take good care of my grandkids. I don't want them to send their complaints to grandma. (laughs) African parents are hilarious.
2: I hope my kids don't look at me and say, well, you know, my African parents. Let me tell you what she's been doing.
1: (laughs) They give us vibes. When we think about it, we are like, oh, yes, that's my African parents. (laughs) But did you give your mom a hard time, though, when you were a kid?
2: No, I asked her one time. She said I was an easy child to raise. Did I
0: give you much stress, Mama? No, she was good. I don't know whether it's because she was afraid of the yelling.
2: <laughs> I think every child is different. Yeah. So when you explain things to me, I understand. And I get the reasoning behind what you're saying and what you're doing. Well, I think maybe if she had tried another method, like constantly trying to spank me, Maybe that would not have worked because I would not have understood what she was trying to say. Yeah. But she talked to me and I get it and we understand each other. They also let me voice my concerns. I remember one time my dad said, you have an answer for everything. <laughs> because we would have discussions. So they would let me talk also. They would yell all day and then when they're done, then I will start saying, okay. So then I will explain my <laughs> They gave me that. They let me do that. That's good. They were not like shut up. I'm talking. I'm talking. They never did that. They never told me. I'm talking. You're talking. Be quiet now.
1: That's like the importance of communication in everything, in every relationship, any kind of relationship. Communication is important, and it's not just one way. It's two way. So both of you having that conversation, of them, you being able to voice your concerns. I feel like that's what you do with your kids right now, allowing them to also voice their opinions and letting you know what their thoughts are on and things, which is very, very good for every parent. Thank you guys for being here. I'm really grateful. This was an awesome conversation. Sarah, you did really well. Thanks for having us. Nobody's going to run away. I
2: try not to scare anyone, you know?
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breaker's Corner Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by... Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in Begandia, West Africa.